Hi, here we are with the Toward a New World podcast. I have as my guest today, Monica Parkin, who is a TEDx speaker and founder of Evolution Speaking. Her TEDx talk, The Secret Shame of Introverts, has over 10,000 views. And this is where I decided to invite her to the podcast because I thought this was a message that not just I could use. There is probably a few others who can use that message too. And obviously, I have been reading her book, Overcoming a Dick Awkward, An Introvert's Guide to Networking, Marketing, and Sales. And I know how much of a struggle that has been for me. So, Monica, your TEDx talk is titled The Secret Shame of Introverts. How the heck did you get up with that, uh, come up with that title? Yeah, right. Um, originally, I had a, a different name for it. We can talk about the book a little bit later. But after I wrote the book, my editor had said, you know, the easy part is writing the book. The hard part is the marketing. So she told me to reach out on social media, get some people that were willing to read it or give reviews or feedback. So I did that. I said, I'm looking for, you know, some introverts to to give me feedback. And I I got a couple, you know, private messages or like public messages. I'm an introvert. I'd like feedback. But I got all these private messages from people who are saying, I don't want anybody to know, but I'm an introvert. And these were like CEOs and people that are like winning sales awards and like phenomenal networkers, phenomenal marketers. But it's like the secret they had to keep because they said introverts aren't like considered good salespeople. And so I don't want my boss to know, or I don't want my shareholders to know. And I kind of realized that there's like this kind of hidden shame around being an introvert that we've created as a society. Yeah. Yeah. And that is true if you consider that roughly 75% of the population are extroverted and only 25% are introverted. Interesting. Obviously, at least that's what I learned in school when I started for my counseling degree. And so I can get why the image is, uh, I don't want people to know that I'm an introvert. Yeah, there was actually a study done by something called the CEO Genome Project, where they studied Mm -hmm. the traits of successful CEOs. It was done by Harvard, actually. And they discovered like, more than like, it was a big number, overwhelmingly in the hiring process, they were more likely to hire extroverts into top roles or people that identified, like said, I'm an extrovert. However, when the introverts did get hired, when they snuck through those hiring processes or when they were more equal and the introverts got hired, they consistently outperformed the expectations of the people that hired them. So they're hired less often. In fact, I've been in sales meetings where people have said, we got to hire some new people, make sure we get extroverts because they're the go-getters they're the ones that do it. But the thing is when the introverts do get hired, either because they've hidden the fact that they're an introvert, which is what I used to do, or because, you know, they just, they had a great inclusive hiring process. They tend to actually do really, really well. That is interesting. So what do you think that that is 
uh, based on? Yeah, well, I think probably part of it has to do with, you know, some of the strengths that introverts have, like that are the really great things that they're good at, are not super obvious, they're not super visible. They're like deep listening skills, the ability to sit and listen, take Mm -hmm. in information, and then use that information to solve a problem. It's also that ability to go off on their own and be really highly creative and come up with really creative solutions. But those aren't the things you see at a networking event or a cocktail party or sometimes even sitting around the boardroom at a meeting because they're not the loudest person in the room, but they're often the deepest thinkers. They're just thinking away, already solving these problems. They, uh, I mean, if I use myself as an example, I would say probably obs- really good observers. Yeah. Go deep and hear the the things between the lines that may yes. not be spoken about plainly, but they can perceive that stuff versus an extrovert might not get there. Yeah, that ability, like you say, to read between the lines or the little nuances in the conversation or even in the report or whatever it is you're looking at to see something and go, oh, this is interesting, and then want to go pursue it, want to go do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I think part of this is because of the actual differences in our brains, right? So extroverts have these more sensitive dopamine or less sensitive dopamine receptors. So they're always seeking like more dopamine, more dopamine through social interactions. They they can't get enough. So they're always looking Mm -hmm. for the next social interaction to feel good. Whereas introverts have these sort of, um, oversensitive receptors so they just need a tiny little bit of social interaction and they feel good but the big difference is acetylcholine is introverts are more sensitive to acetylcholine which is a hormone that makes you feel good when you're quiet when you're creative when you're thinking deeply when you're reading a good book when you're alone so they crave that good feeling they get from that hormone which also they're seeking that good feeling, which means they're seeking creative projects or seeking a chance to listen deeply. They're seeking that alone time where they put all the ideas together. It's interesting because I know personally, as well as from what I learned is the huge difference between an extrovert and an introvert is how we charge up our batteries. And that charging happens by being at home, by having it quiet, by not being out and about versus the extrovert, give me a party, then I'm good. Yeah, yeah. I know in COVID, I have two kids that are introverts and one that's an extrovert. So during COVID, Mm -hmm. when everything locked down, two of them were like, this is the best thing that ever happened. I could do this for the rest of my life. And the other one was pacing up and down the floor, like, I got to get out of here. I got to go hang out with some people. I'm going to go crazy. And you could see how, you know, two of them were getting their energy from, oh, yeah, I just get to be alone. And the other one was like losing his battery charge as the minutes went by because he wasn't able to get that social stimulation. That social stimulation, yeah. So what... I think on some level, we may have touched on it already, but I still want to ask it. What is the most common misconception you hear about introverts? Yeah, I think, well, there's kind of two. One is that introverts are automatically shy because not every introvert is shy. 
Uh, they may crave that quiet time. They may need to recharge, but sometimes they're shy, sometimes they're not. And you can also have extroverts that are a little bit shy, but they still need that social mm -hmm. engagement. And the other one is that introverts aren't good at speaking or they're not brave enough to give presentations. They're not great public speakers. This is the biggest one I get. People say, oh my gosh, you're a speaker. There's no way you're an introvert. But introverts are phenomenal public speakers because they get all that quiet time ahead to prep, to, to be creative, to think about what they want to say, and then they get to just say it. Um, and, and they get really excited about things that they're passionate about. So they get to talk about what they're passionate about. And there's none of this like small talk. How are you? How's the weather? They get to dive straight to the main point. And, mm -hmm. and they're really good at that. And so some of the best speakers out there are introverts um, because of that ability to get creative, to get excited, to be passionate about something. And then they go home and they recharge, but they, they, you know, they come out, they share the idea, they go back home and they charge the battery. And I have to say my daughter, for instance, is even more introverted than I am. She's uh, on the Myers-Briggs. She's completely out there on introversion territory. And as an executive director, uh, she is invited to give talks uh, and be out in the public, and she has no problem to do that. And she takes the quiet time at home, being by herself, to recharge her batteries. Yeah, yeah, very common trait. And I meet all kinds of, you know, I'm a speaking coach. So a lot of the speakers I coach are actually introverts and they love speaking or there are people like you that are podcasters or, or mm -hmm. CEOs and, and they, they use that creativity and that deep listening skills to, to really like dive into stuff, but then they build breaks into their day. So, you know, an extrovert might record eight podcast sessions all day long and come home at the end of the day and be, yeah, well, for me, I can only day. do two. I add most. I'll do two. I'll do one. I'll go away. I'll have some quiet time. I'll do another one. I got to space them out with some recharge time. Got, got you. So how do those differences between introverts and extroverts manifest specifically in the workplace? Yeah, for sure. For one, I think it's communication style. So, you know, you may have that meeting where you say, who's got, okay, who's got an idea? And the extroverts might be right there, right away with their hand up, talking about their idea. You might not hear from the introverts at that meeting, but they might go away and think about it and come up with a great idea. So you need to circle back to them in a week or two or three days and say, hey, remember that meeting we had last night? What are your thoughts about it? Or you might need to get them alone and say, hey, how did that go for you? Or maybe instead of just saying who's got an idea, you need to go around the table and say, let's hear one at a time because they might not stick their hand up first, but their brain is percolating away, right? And the other thing that I've found from talking to introverts is a lot of them prefer a little bit more of a direct conversation. So if you're gonna go have a, a chat with them, they maybe don't wanna do all the small talk and blah, 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 and how was your day? And and the warm up that the extrovert enjoys the warm up and the banter, the introvert might wanna just skip straight past that and tell me what you wanna talk about. Like, let's get to it. Like use my time efficiently. I've got some energy right now for social interaction. So let's, let's get into it. And I think that's something also to remember. And then for, for those places that have 
hybrid or remote workplaces, you know, your introverts might want the option to, to work from home part days and they might actually be way more productive by doing mm -hmm. so. Yeah. And what I noticed with myself, I can sort of hyper-focus. Hmm. And, uh, but then I'm, I may also be exhausted afterwards and need a big break, not just a little break. Yeah. Uh, I may be done for the day. There are days when I feel, okay, that's it. Um, I did enough uh, because it's so focused. Yeah. 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 It's like you can see that battery just going down, but you're also producing a lot. So it's like, you know, I've got an electric car. And when I really hit the accelerator, it speeds up really fast. It can go really fast, but the battery goes down faster. So I think the intensity with which you're working or you're hyper-focused also reflects on what, how much time you need later to recover. Yeah. Um, one thing I have to say that really attracted me listening when I was listening to your talk, and then obviously I was also reading your book and that I could actually enjoy networking. I could enjoy marketing. I have gotten to the place where I'm okay with networking. I'm not quite at the enjoyment point yet, uh, but marketing, it's almost feels like almost feels like prostitution. What is your experience with that? And what would you tell introverts? Yeah, when I first, um, you know, decided to become an entrepreneur, I actually had no idea how much networking and marketing was involved. And I was very, very surprised when they didn't just hand me my clients and they said, you gotta, you gotta go out and get them. And I, and I did what I was told you were supposed to do, which is go out, act like an introvert, shake lots of hands, go to all these networking parties, meet all these people. And I met all these people, but I didn't like build relationships with them. And so what I figured out along the way is that as an introvert, the way that I network is one-on-one. -on -one. It's one relationship at a time, getting to know someone, getting to know them deeply, supporting someone else's business, noticing what other people are doing, what if, you know, people notice people who notice them. So as soon as I notice it's, you know, what someone else is doing and, and point out that they're doing it or I'm interested to hear more, now all of a sudden they're interested in me and then they're sharing my content or my stuff or making a recommendation. And that's kind of where the magic happens and this kind of exponential growth happens. It wasn't in me saying, I'm so great, you know, you should use me. It was like, asking what are you doing and and how can i support you and and just being really involved in my community and my industry and adding value for people that's what really exploded my business um, and not that there's a right way and a wrong way but for me marketing isn't like a flyer or a social media post it's it's how can i be helpful to other people and then in turn that just kind of seems to organically come back and grow my own business would I tend to see that there is, and maybe that is because they are extroverted, there, there are people that do a lot of hype. 
around the marketing and this is so great and this is the best, this is the best and, 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 and it actually, I have to say, it puts me off. Uh, I, yeah, okay, anybody can say that. What, what is real? And I really liked when I read that and uh, now hearing you say it again, it's let's build relationships. Yeah, yeah. Because it's, it's that little... is something that lasts. Right, yeah, it's authentic. It's, um, you know, talk is good, but you got to walk the walk, right? And um, yeah, yeah. And I do. I'm that person that also gets turned off as soon as I, you know, you, you friend someone, then before you know what, they're sending you an instant message. Can I sell you this? Or or have you heard about this? And it does. It's like, okay, I'm going to have to block you. I'm really sorry, but I just, I'm not. Like, it's like going on a first date and going straight to let's get married. You know, like, there's no, like. <laughs> I want to get to know you first. You can't propose on the first date. And that's the same thing that happens when you meet someone, you immediately pitch your product. You build this wall between you when what you really want to do is, is you want to, you want to build a bridge between you. You want to build the bridge. And also what I personally find is important. Uh, and that is another put off. If I say, I'm not interested. And it's out the other ear and they pretend as if I have never said that, which is, I mean, I don't take it personally. I know it's just their style. It's the way they have been trained. And at the same time, I feel they didn't hear what I said. Yeah, you don't feel heard, you don't feel listened to. And yeah. you know, some people are going to get sales that way. And they're going to get the sale that day. But the thing is, are they going to get the referral? Like, so you get the deal that day, you get the person to buy the thing, because they feel under pressure, or they feel like there's this time mm -hmm. restriction, if I don't do this today, I won't get it. And that's great. So you're going to eat today. But are they going to send their friends to you? Are they going to come back? Like, are you going to eat tomorrow and the next day and the next day? What are you going to do to make sure that they're going to keep coming back because it's all great that you got a deal today but if you can't sustain that and grow that and multiply it mm -hmm. you know how are you going to continue to grow what do you think or what would you say is was your biggest learning experience as you were growing your muscle of networking and marketing? Yeah, I think we, well, we probably already touched on it, but a lot of it I think was in the beginning, I thought it was very much about like me, what can I offer? How can I, you know, I tell this story, I probably told it in my talk where I go to this chamber of commerce meeting and and I think I'm doing great because I'm walking around, I'm shaking hands, I'm telling people I can get you the best rate, I'm so good at this, I'm talking about me, and I come home with this handful of business cards, right? And I I look at these cards and I'm like, well, like I don't know any of these people, I didn't build a connection to them, like, and I end up throwing the cards in the fire. And as I throw the cards in the fire, I'm thinking, oh my goodness, if I'm throwing their cards out, like they're throwing my cards out too, that means all that networking, all that sales stuff I did didn't work. And what, and the hardest thing I had to learn was like, stop talking about yourself, stop making it about you and start getting really curious about the other person 
about what they're doing, about why they do it, and who you can connect them to. Because when you you kind of build that connection, you know, I'm talking to the wine owner and across the room, I like the winery owner and across the room, there's the bed and breakfast owner. And I'm like, hey, you know what, like this person might be interested in, in taking telling leaving a brochure for her guests to go to your winery, like connect those people. And they're both going to remember that you made that connection. Like, again, I think the bit hardest thing I had to learn also is that there's enough room for everybody. You know, in the beginning, it was like every time a new person came onto the market, oh, no, there's another one. I'm never going to succeed because there's too many of us and thinking that they're my competition when in fact, like there is enough business, there's enough abundance for everyone. And when you shift from this scarcity, I've got to have enough for me mindset to there's enough for all of us mindset, like that changes everything. And that was a really, really hard thing for me to learn to get past that fear of competition and turn it into like collaboration. I think that is something that we're so entrained to, that you have to compete. And because you said it's something that I said in when I gave my TEDx talk a short while ago, uh, that we need to move from competition to collaboration. And uh, it's really it changes everything. It changes the the energy in the connection with somebody else. And are we willing to also be open to perceive how we interact with another person and then maybe sit down at home and say, why the heck did I not like to talk with that particular person, but was absolutely fascinated with that one? Yeah, I give this analogy because I used to work in the real estate industry because I was a mortgage broker. Like you can have the most beautiful house on the block with the manicured lawn, everything, and you're going to have a certain house value. But if the house across the street is falling down, their lawn's not cut, if, if your neighborhood doesn't look good, if the other businesses around you don't look good, like your house value is going to go down, right? So mm -hmm. if, if you're looking across the street, and your neighbor broke their leg and they can't mow their lawn and you go, oh, too bad for them. At least my lawn looks good. You're not actually helping your own house value. Whereas, you know, if you reach out and go, hey, I see you're having trouble with your lawn. Let me trim it for you. Um, you know, for one thing, next summer, they might bring you some great veggies from their garden or whatever, but the whole value of the whole neighborhood is going to go up. And that's the same thing in business. You know, when you're involved in your community, when you're involved in your industry, when you stop seeing your competitors as competitors, and if you're all doing good, you know, when one of you is doing good, you're all doing good. And that ability to reach out, to help, to mentor, that's what actually grows all of our businesses together. Um, none of us can thrive in isolation. And there, there is a concept of that we are all disconnected islands. Mm -hmm. the, the individuality, uh, the rugged individuality of what made the American West is still in a modernized version, but still very present. At yeah. least stands out for me coming from Europe. Is it is it different in Europe? Do you think? Is it? Do you feel? A I'm difference? not. I wouldn't say that necessarily. There is less competition, 
but the the importance of the individualism is way less it's more what are you doing for the community There is and, more of that. Yeah. And and the thing is, too, when you do more and more for your community, for your industry, whatever, you actually elevate yourself individually, too, you you know, because you you are being seen, you are being visible. You're not doing it for that reason, but you actually become a more complete individual when you're yeah. you're growing these other things. Yeah. So. If I sum up what we just talked about is good networking good marketing good selling is actually growing you as a person absolutely absolutely yeah and certainly i was this person who um you know i might have had one or two friends 10 years ago i i wouldn't even let my kids you know go on play dates with other kids because that meant i would have to have someone else's kids over and i didn't want to have to like interact with someone else's mom and as i've kind of grown and and yeah i've gotten a bit out of my comfort zone but as i've embraced this ability to create relationships one at a time and grow my business i've also grown this huge community you know on any given day i could pick up the phone and i could think of like 100 people that i could call if i needed support or i need to talk to someone or you know there's just something really beautiful in mm -hmm. you know being a little bit vulnerable and being open to getting to know people uh, but on your own terms and at your own pace I think that's an important uh, word at your own pace. We try to do, at least that's what I perceive so much, one size fits all. If this works for me, it has to work for you. I mean, how often is that part of the sales process? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And, and I think it, it's like anything, it's consistency day in and day out, and day in and day out, taking the same actions, having the same kind of intentions, doing the same things, honoring your skills, doing the things that you're good at, that bring you joy. Uh, the more you do the things that light you up, the more you, you know, you light up everything around you. You light up. Do you have any strategies like I was told if you want to grow your business, you need to be on Facebook or on LinkedIn or on TikTok or, you know, name the whatever social media and you need to do it a lot and you need to do it consistently. And yeah. for myself, I find that's very difficult for me to do it consistently. I can do it and then I get bored with it because something else is going on in my life and then I'm over here. Oh, I need to go back onto Facebook to just use that. And then I'm I'm on Facebook and then I go over there. You know, <laughs> how do you deal with that? Yeah, I do use social media a lot and I've definitely grown my business with social media. I have this kind of 90-10 rule for social media that, you know, 90% of it should be about you, about, you know, what's going on in your life, things that make you happy, things that you're doing, and 10% of it should be business right so it's i liken it to a cake with icing right no matter how much someone likes icing wants icing loves it if you just gave them all icing they'd be like oh my gosh that's too rich i don't want it right it's same with social media if you just post business 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 people are sick of seeing it they want to know who you are so for me i make it like super simple like 
I'm having a board game with my night with my kid, you know, I'll take a picture of the board game and ask, have, have you played this game too? You know, like I'm just mm -hmm. interacting with that audience, with those people. And the other thing I tell people, like if for social media, like do one thing well. So if, if doing TikTok and LinkedIn and Instagram and Facebook is all too much for you, pick one, like just pick one and, um, and just do that one thing well. The other thing some people do is they like batch their posts. So they'll spend Sunday coming up with all their posts and then they'll schedule one a day every week. Uh, mm. I do that. I'm a little more impromptu whenever something funny happens in my life or something. Whenever I think, oh, I'd love to tell someone about this. I just tell them on social media um, because, you know, it's like a it's kind of like a conversation. So I just try to keep that conversation going. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I I hear you when you say focus on one instead of listening to everybody who says I'm doing you need to be here and here and here. Uh, for me personally, that is overwhelming because I yeah. value too much my my private time. Yeah, where I can and contemplate and come up with ideas and dive deep and what is really going on here and. What is underneath there and then underneath there. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes I'll use social media like for those deep dives when I'm diving deep into something and it's really interesting, then I'll post a question, you know, what do you think about this or or this versus this? So then you're kind of interacting and you're getting feedback on that topic that you're really excited about. Um, and then that little bit of sprinkle of business every once in a while is just to remind them what you do for a living. Because ultimately people don't buy things, they buy people, right? So ultimately mm -hmm. social media is to let them get to know you and then you're just reminding them but i will often use it in my creative process like when i was writing my book you know i'd have a what do you think about this cover versus this cover what do you think about this name versus this name um so that you're getting help with the things that you're doing and the those deep dives um and you're also having a bit of a back and forth great i will make some mental notes or I'm making some mental notes to use it for some of the stuff I'm involved in. Yeah. So is there anything you feel that would be a contribution to a listener that we haven't yet talked about? Because we've been pretty much all over the place. Yeah, we have. Yeah, just going back, I guess, to that original point, you know, if you're that employer and you're like, I'm just going to hire extroverts, you know, think about that. Think about the disservice you're doing to your to your company, because it's, you know, the studies tell us that where there's an equal mix of introverts and extroverts on teams, they perform way better than teams that are just one or the other. And, you know, if you're an introvert and you're hiding it, ask yourself, you know, do I need to? Because everyone that hides it, someone else thinks that they can't succeed if they're an introvert. So if you're an introvert and you're out there and you're doing great things in the world, like don't be afraid to tell people because someone else needs to hear it today. Like I needed to hear you. <laughs> yeah, it, it really helped me a lot and said, oh, there, there is hope actually. <laughs> so yeah, Just let's, close it then i will post your links your bio and everything uh in the show notes 
that people can connect with you? Is there any particular email address that you want to, or do you just want them to go to you through your website? They could do either. My email's really easy. It's just info at monicaparkin.ca. So it's info at my name. Uh, but otherwise, all my links are in that LinkedIn tree. I do have a, a public speaking course launching in the next month or two that's just for like beginner public speakers that, that really haven't spoken before or for people that are just starting out and just want to get a little better because they got some presentations coming up. And I'm really looking forward to hearing your TEDx. So I hope you'll let us know when it comes out. I I am waiting for it and jumping at the bit. <laughs> I, remember, I remember that feeling. When it comes uh, for it to come out. So I really want to thank you, Monica, for being here and sharing your information and wisdom with us. And I wish you the best of luck. And yeah, thank all, you. For courses. Yeah, thank you for having me. And um, I'm sure we'll, I think we talked about maybe having you on my podcast sometime too. So um, yeah. that'll be fun. We'll have another whole conversation. Great. Totally different subject though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Take care. Thank you. Best until next week. Bye-bye.